and Sagittarian Matters, How to Break Up with Your Phone, a book report by Beth Piggins. Stay tuned. Sagittarian Matters, Sagittarian Matters, what's the Hello from San Francisco. Producer Ponyo and I are in a condo as we are here to teach at California College of the Arts MFA in Comics program. I am, just like last summer, sitting in a closet as my studio today, trying to talk to you in the breaks between the air conditioner coming on against my will and making a very loud noise. Um, Today I had my trademark fake pizza, which is cauliflower rice mashed up with white beans and garlic fried into a kind of a patty with pizza sauce and vegan cheese on top and today I had some um, buffalo soy curls which is just soy curls that you make and then you toss in buffalo sauce no big deal Um, I was thinking how when I was a kid I thought it was really sad when people ate bagel pizzas because you know it wasn't a real pizza and now look at me you know, then like you get to be a certain age and people are like, how about a gluten-free pizza? And I'm like, no, how about a grain-free pizza? And then that makes the pizza bagel seem, you know, positively party food. Please go eat 14 bagels on my behalf because if I do, I will be laying on the floor somewhere groaning while Ponyo spits a tennis ball at me, trying to get me to throw it for her. Oh God, the air conditioning is coming on again. I got to make this quick. Okay, I have a couple of recommendations for you this week. One of them is the book, The Best We Could Do by T. Bowie, who actually also works at California College of the Arts with me. She's a memoirist and she wrote about her family's um, immigration from Vietnam and moving around and inherited trauma and parenthood and family. And it's a really beautiful graphic memoir. Another thing I want to recommend to you is the podcast called Still Processing, which includes Wesley Morris and Jenna Wortham. This week's episode is called We Can't Burn It All Down, even though we want to. And and it talks a lot about the difference between diversity and inclusion in institutions. I think it was really interesting, and I highly recommend that podcast this week. Now on to our show. Beth Pickens is my friend. She read the book, How to Break Up with Your Phone. I had so many questions with her about it because I was essentially trying to get away without reading the book, but to get all the lessons of the book. Well, she agreed to chat with me about it on the podcast, but it turns out we do still have to read it. However, this episode includes a lot of tips for you about how to get rid of the phone and start feeling your feelings again and appreciating life. Because I don't think at the end of my life, I'm going to be so psyched that I spent time on Instagram and Facebook, even though it helped me keep in touch with you. Oh good, the air conditioning's off. Please enjoy my talk with Beth Pickens. Beth Pickens is a Capricorn, an arts consultant, a strategic planner, grant writer, and a regular on Sagittarian Matters. You can find Beth's book, Your Art Will Save Your Life, through Feminist Press, or find her on Instagram, at Beth Pickens Consulting. Beth Pickens, welcome back to Sagittarian Matters Book, Book Corner? Book Report Corner. Audio book club. Well, no, that sounds too much like it's only audiobooks. Nicole George's, it's always an honor. 
you are a fan favorite. You are coming to me from your home office in Los Angeles, California. And the topic that you that we're going to talk about today is something that I'm very interested in, and it is phone dependency. Can you tell me the book that you read? Yes, I read the book How to Break Up with Your Phone by Katherine Price. And this book was recommended to me in a very short span of time by two different people that I trust. The first being my friend, stylist, art director, designer, Jess Cuevas, and the second being my client, one of my clients whose name is Confidential. Um, and they both raved about this book and said, you've got to tell all of your artist clients about it. So I said, okay, I will read it tonight. And in fact, I read it in one night. Wow. So Not I, to brag. Do we have to read it in one night or will we get enough information from this talk? <laughs> you, you should read it. You shouldn't just rely on what I'm saying because it's coming through my filter. Although my filter is very good. I want you to read the book. Okay. 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 And also maybe it'll be a sustained concentration thing. <laughs> totally. If, if you find that you have trouble finishing books or getting through books, um, that could be a reflection of anxiety <laughs> that you might want to get treated. And it also might be re related to very aptly your phone addiction. Is phone addiction real? Yes, bitch. <laughs> it is real. So what I love about this book, it's very slim, which is why I finished it in one sitting in one evening. Um, and the first half of the book, it, the premise is telling you everything that you and I and we all sort of intuitively know about smartphones. I, I notice in conversations with people that, um, you know, we kind of suspect and even can see the direct result of our experiences with phones and just how big they are in our lives. But so this book, the first half, takes down the scant research that exists because smartphones have only been around for about 10 years. They're still really new. There's not like longitudinal studies to tell us this is the result of, of this much activity or this is how it's affecting you in different ways. But there is some research that, that can back up things about anxiety and um, symptoms that look like ADHD, having a difficult time focusing. And then what I hear from my own clients is um, a lack of ability to sit with a problem in a project, like wanting to default immediately to the distraction of whatever's on the phone. And Catherine Price does a great job of explaining, like, it's not because we're bad or weak. It's because the phones are actually designed purposefully to activate all of the neurological pleasure centers that a slot machine does, So, which is all about addiction. Our phones actually encourage you neurologically to spend more time with them because of the reward center of sometimes they're being a reward, sometimes they're not being a reward. So she goes through all the different things that we think or we know we can feel are happening to us. And then she backs up with the research of, and this is what these different studies say about um, these effects on you. And what's interesting is I often think about, you know, people my age, more or less, we didn't grow up with smartphones, but people who are now born into a world where they never know an absence of them, that's going to be a completely different experience. It's kind of like those of us who were born before the internet existed and grew up, and those of us who grew up with the internet just always available and never not a factor, that's going to be a different experience of life that's going to require different research. So that's the first half of the book, which kind of scares you into being like, okay, now what do I do? And luckily the second half of the book is a 30 day plan 
that you can adhere to that takes you through a four-week process of doing different sort of activities related to your life, mindfulness, focus, and your phone, physically your phone, so that you can reset. Not like throw away your phone at the end, not go to a flip phone, although some people surely will. The 30-day plan just helps you reset your relationship to it so that you're using your phone as the tool it's meant to be because it's an incredible tool with a lot of resources that we want, but so that you're using it by choice and not by default, which I think is the really big change. And um, I, I haven't done the 30-day plan. I read it, but I, and I started actually adopting different pieces that I read throughout and my spouse is doing the same. We both kind of pick different things that we're trying. And I already feel a change in my relationship to it and my desire or sort of compulsion to pick up my phone just by making some of these basic changes. And what it's doing is it's creating more space in my brain. I feel less busy inside, if that makes sense. And um, it's pretty cool. And what I heard from my client who recommended it is that she found her studio practice has been really impacted by, you know, quote unquote, breaking up with her phone by resetting her relationship to her phone. She said she's found that when she's sitting with a work in front of her, she's able to sort of sink down into a deeper level of thinking and imagining. Because, you know, first, sometimes we have to get bored and then we sink down into a new level of imagination or problem solving. And with smartphones, as the second we get bored, we reach for it. The second we're at a red light, the second somebody is, we don't want to talk to or says something boring, we just pick up our phone. Like it's, and it's all of us. It is, it is so ubiquitous. Yeah. Young and old, tall and short, all of us. The cell phone, the smartphone does not discriminate. It wants all of us to be addicted to us, to it. Well, so is her 30 day plan like a tapering off or is it just like, try to throw your phone in a cupboard for eight hours a day. It's a, it's a lot of different things and you do a specific thing each day. So it's not just about reducing your habit to your phone and taking things off of it that are particularly addictive. It's also about mindfulness practices, um, doing other things with that time because one of the first things you do in her recommended plan is you download an app something like moment that actually captures how much time you're on your phone, how many times you pick it up. It's cap it's counted and tabulated and breaks down the time you're spending. What are you spending it on? So that when you then look at your phone and say, Oh my God, I spent four hours and 51 minutes today on my phone. You might think, Jesus Christ, that's not what I meant to do at all. <laughs> I feel too busy to do all these other things or I never see my friends or I didn't, I want to make this book and I feel like I have no time. You first realize you do have time that you're spending not in line with maybe your values or interests. Mm -hmm. So at first you're sort of doing a time reclamation, which yeah. is really interesting to me. Oh, I really like that. Well, so what are some little ways that you have adopted Sure. So I got a little like $9 alarm clock. Wait, will you tell me about your alarm clock? My alarm clock? It's, um, it's very modern. It's an old timey alarm clock with a battery. Is it, does it beep or is it a clock radio? It's, it's just a clock. It's just a tiny clock that you set the alarm and it beeps. That's all. That's all it does. Okay. It only does one thing. You know, I'm on a, I'm on a quest to get a clock radio so that I'm not sleeping with my phone next to my head. Yes. That's the point of this. So you, one of the first things you do early in the 30-day plan is 
the phone does not come into the bedroom. So it has to be charged in a different room and it doesn't enter into the bedroom. And people's first response to that is, but it's my alarm. So you immediately get a tiny alarm clock. Bitch. Because <laughs> they didn't used to be our alarms. My whole life I had alarm clocks. Can I tell you that in my quest to get a clock radio, everyone's like, well, I just use my phone or just use your phone. And I'm like, I don't want to touch it. I don't want to touch it. No, no phone in your bedroom. That's a big one. Um, It gets charged somewhere else away from your bedroom. So that's something we both did. Um, Another thing I did was I know the biggest time suck for me is Instagram. It's the only social media I really use. And I have a professional account so I can justify myself. Well, I need this for my business or whatever. That's fine. It's just not on my phone. So when it's time Monday through Friday for me to do a professional post, I download the app, I do my post, I delete it. Then later in the day, I schedule like 15 to 30 minutes. I re-download it. I interact with my posts, anybody who commented, blah, 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 answer DMs. And then I look around at other people's stuff and just scroll for fun. And then I delete it again. Mm. And it's not on my phone on the weekends. Interesting. And what other apps did you keep? And what apps did you get rid of? Um, Well, I didn't have a lot of things. She kind of breaks down apps into three categories, one being like a tool or necessary function like your phone or maybe maps or music. And then there's ones that are like, I can't remember what she calls it. It's like necessity time suck junk food and junk food is things like Instagram or Redfin. If you're a person who scrolls looking at real estate all the time, which I know a lot of people do, or games, junk food being something that you know it's junk food if you lose hours to it. If you look at the clock and realize, oh my God, I've been on this for 90 minutes. That's a junk food app. You know what's so crazy is I remember like people used to think about watching TV as being like a, you know, like a negative thing, like a junk foodie kind of habit. They'd be like, I'm such a couch potato. I just love watching TV. But now I find like at nighttime I have, you know, I'm like, okay, I have to, you know, get in the shower by this time. I have to go to bed by this time. But I find sometimes that I'm like, oh my God, I just scrolled through Instagram or the internet for like 40 minutes instead of watching the show I wanted to watch. Like watching television is an elevated experience of having to have concentration. But instead I'm like, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, email, Jezebel, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Totally, totally. Today's episode of Sagittarian Matters is brought to you by Cute Fruit Undies, makers of extremely cute, comfy, and eco-friendly period panties, briefs, and pads, specializing in period panties with Trump's face in them and without, if that's not really your thing. Use offer code GETCUTE for free shipping at cutefruitundies.com or find them on Instagram at cutefruitundies. And the idea by this journalist author, Catherine Price, isn't, again, that you're getting rid of your phone because there's a lot of necessity that is just really important in our lives that we want to keep. We benefit from the tools of this technology. And we don't just need to, like, throw, you know, as they say, the baby out with the bathwater. Weird. Um, But it's about resetting your relationship so that you're deciding how much time you're spending on it and what kind of time. I've heard you say this before to people, um, like at our Q&A in Portland, Oregon, where somebody wanted to know, you know, they're like, I don't have time. 
I don't have time for my practice and I feel a lot of anxiety and you recommended to them the idea of turning off their phone for two weeks or resetting their relationship with their phone for two weeks, deleting Instagram for two weeks. Deleting all, getting off of all, this is something I recommend my clients when they say this all the time, when they say I'm too anxious, I'm not making work or I'm too busy, I don't have time. I just say, okay, come back to me in two weeks and between now and then delete all your social media just for two weeks. You can get back on afterwards, but just for two weeks, just to see what happens. Yeah. And what happens? And then they're like, I just painted the Mona Lisa. I, I just painted. It turns out I'm a gifted genius. Well, I think first you, we, like what's talked about in the book is the phone is a great distraction also from discomfort and feelings we don't want to have. So it's not like you turn off the phone and you feel amazing and you're like clicking your heels down the street because you actually might have some discomfort in your life that you want to avoid. And this is one sort of addictive behavior to avoid that discomfort. So feelings might come up, feelings that you really want to stuff down that have you've managed to do so with your phone. And maybe that was useful. It works until it doesn't work, right? Yeah. So it might be that you feel a little bored. It might be feel, you feel uncomfortable or disconnected. And it might be that some feelings come up. But those things aren't bad. And feeling numb isn't necessarily good. Mm. You're saying uncomfortable feelings are okay. 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 I mean, honestly, cartoonists, you have, you have, you have the original smartphone. I feel like Linda Berry says this in her talk and I feel like it's the only point where I'm like, you sound like you're a billion years old when she's like the original tablet, the original smartphone, you know, and she's talking about your, your hands and your arms and your piece of paper. But it's true, like cartoon, when I worked at the Center for Cartoon Studies, cartoonists are so buzzing in their brain, like we're such a weird neurotic bunch, that when people were giving lectures, they would look out and feel like no one was paying attention to them because we're all doodling, but it's how we listen better. So I feel like cartoonists, you know, like if you're, I mean, if you're in an Uber, people might pay attention to you and also you might barf if you start, you know, looking, if you start looking at your sketchbook sketching, but we kind of have a, we have something around that can distract us at any time, which is just drawing. You could just draw your way out of discomfort. And then at the end of the day, you have some more drawings. Right. Yeah. Well, and I think culturally, or at least in this time period, we collect the collective we that I've just elected myself to speak on behalf of. Go ahead. (laughs) We want to be separated from our feelings and not be in our own thoughts. I, I, you know, like, collectively everyone's anxiety since the election wherever it was whatever was going on in your life whatever was happening to people um in your sort of cultural and identity groups it has only gotten worse so of course we are more anxious and don't want to be in our thoughts and want to turn to addictive behavior it's like national anxiety and this is a really easy, socially sanctioned, acceptable thing to do. How many times are you with a friend or at dinner and somebody just pulls out their phone and starts doing something? And then maybe your reaction is to do the same. And 15 years ago, you might have been offended if somebody did that in front of you, if they suddenly just took their attention away and was and were disregarding you and no longer focused on you when you were spending time together. But that's now socially sanctioned. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a real bummer. So one thing that I did, so I just realized, I read an article at some point about um, how uh, a lack of focus and how distraction is really affecting our, our work and our brains and 
how multitasking affects the quality of the task you're trying to do. And so at that point, I stopped texting people back as much, and I started putting individual people, multi-texter friends that send me like 10 texts at a time. I put them on the sleep or moon function. But now I've discovered that I can just go into my notif- I can go into notifications under the little gear on my phone and turn off all message notifications for however long. So that means that I don't, even when I'm looking at the home screen of my phone, it doesn't tell me that I've received any texts. I have to actually deliberately go in, open the text tab, and then see if people have texted me. And I'm not a doctor. I'm not a brain surgeon. Most of my listeners are not doctors or people that need to be, you know, that need to be called upon at a moment's notice to save a life. Like most of us are not, and things can wait until... You're actually done doing the thing you need to do to then check and see if anyone wants to talk to you. Yeah, absolutely. And in this book, one of one of the items in the 30 day phone reset is removing all notifications, which I've also done. And I, I really I, I've never had notifications except, um, I think, text message. And so. Well, in my app that tells me I'm going to die five times a day randomly, I took off the notification for that, too. I was like, I can just go look at this app when I want to remind myself that I'm going to die and read the quote. Oh, but so do you still remember that you're going to die? Yeah, because if I'm looking at my phone, the icon is still there. Oh, good, good. And I think, oh, I'm going to die. Let me read a quote about it. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, this is wonderful, Beth. I'm so happy to hear about Beth's Book Corner. (laughs) Beth's Book Corner for artists. I definitely recommend this. Um, I think anybody, even if you just choose one thing off the 30-day plan, it will change your daily experience, I think. I really, really like that. Uh, Beth, are there any new tips you have for artists during um, these particular times when the country is being sold for scrap? (laughs) <laughs> and there's the Supreme the Court. The Supreme Court justice is gonna late America um, commit well, a handmade deal. Closer to the midterm, I, my my sense is that <clears throat> anxiety is gonna increase even more once again. And I think something that could be of use to all of your listeners. This is something I tell all my artists uh, clients that it's really important to have one, ideally two, but sometimes that all that's not possible. One day off a week when you are not doing anything having to do with earning money, when you are not working a jobby job, when you're not working on your art practice, one, one day a week when you are separated from the world of earning, when you're not a worker. Mm-hmm. And that one day too, if you can manage it, but that one day can do a lot for your sort of internal serenity and making all the other parts of your life come alive, which really helps with anxiety about anything in life, but also the very specific current events happening day to day. Hmm. Wonderful. Wonderful. You know what? It gives me anxiety sometimes when I go to Shabbos on Fridays and they're like, just for this day, do nothing. Unplug everything. Don't do it. And I'm like, but Friday is my big drawing night. Oh God, I got to leave here so I could go to work. Yeah. Well, and if you're not Jewish, you can pick any 24 hour time period you know like jews we do friday night sundown friday to sundown saturday but you can pick any 24-hour period to have a shabbat i would love that i would love that well thanks beth for talking to my listeners and telling us about your new favorite book it is my pleasure always an honor 
Sagittarian Matters is produced by Chris Sutton with assistance by Ponyo Georges. Our theme music is composed by Carolyn Pennypacker Riggs of the band Bouquet. Thank you for listening, and I'll see you next time. episode of Sagittarian Matters brought to you by Cute Fruit Undies, Mary Pinson, Shoshana Ruth Wechter, and Christy Herod. If you would like to support Sagittarian Matters, including producer Chris Sutton, please send $5, $10, $500, that's your business, via PayPal to hornetleg at gmail.com. That's hornet like the insect, leg like its appendage at gmail. Thank you for your support, and we look forward to saying your name on the podcast.